My Dear Fiona by Francis Rosenfeld Chapter 6, Talking to the Old Life looked a lot cruder in the harsh light of the morning, even though the festival performances continued through the day, and the city was bathed in the unmistakable humid scent of spring. I met my new friend in the lobby and we walked through the narrow streets, sometimes so narrow a person could barely pass through, braving the rain and listening to the music in silence, like an understanding between us, and ended up huddled at the cafe on the pier, hungry and tired, looking forward to a toasty sandwich and a hot cup of coffee. So, you're not going to ask? She said, eventually. I wouldn't know what, I replied, still awkward about hijacking a perfect stranger's time to satisfy my curiosity. What do you know about the stones? I started reciting the historical and anthropological data and the scientific opinions regarding the details of the sites, and she stopped me with a curt hand gesture. No, not that. What did the stones tell you when you were there? I stopped, not knowing how to respond to that, hesitant to share my intimacy with the untold story of this place with someone I'd just met, but who, obviously, could read it on my face like in a book. I answered, eventually. How did you know? It's written all over you, girl. Do you speak to the old? The old? What is that? She looked at me cross, taking offense, and said. Tell you what, you share your story first, about what happened at the Stones, and then I'll decide whether to give you an answer to that. I proceeded, awkward, to produce a halfway believable story about my surreal and deeply intimate experience, but there was a look in her eye that made it clear she won't be satisfied with anything less than the whole truth, so I slowly embroidered real details on the rough frame of my banal story and told her about you, Fiona, and about your surrogate mother, the bard, and her tragic death, and the emotions I felt at the stones returned, raw and real, bringing tears to my eyes again. My friend didn't speak for a while, watching the harbor outside the window, lost in thought. She turned to me suddenly, as if awakened from a dream. So you spoke to the old, that's what I thought, you have that look. What look? I jumped, concerned about the fact I might look so much like a lunatic a stranger could read my madness at a glance. You are a seer. You have the gift, you can read the past, that's probably why you chose to study history. Legends say the old could impart this gift on their chosen ones, and that it was passed on in the blood from mother to daughter, to all the descendants to come. It is the old one's blessing, thanks for being granted shelter and safety in perilous times. Do you know who they were? I asked, eager to get invaluable information about the subject of my research grant. She laughed. I do, but that will not win you much applause with your research team. Everything is apocryphal, oral tradition, legend and myth. I have no proof about my story, just a feeling, um, very much like yours. I didn't care. Just sharing this strange experience with another person seemed wondrous enough, verifiable or not. The Viking Princess what do you call her? Fiona, I answered without hesitation. Fiona Coracle of Queen Hill. You should definitely go there, then to the cairn, if she called you and gave you her address as well, my friend laughed out loud. What do you call her? I never got a name, but I know her mentor, the older druid, was a female poet and a wise one. There are some stone tablets, it seems, carved in Punic script, covered in her poetry and her writing. It is what I gathered, but I've been coming here every year for almost two decades and never been able to find them.
Is she buried under the stones? She might be. Maybe the tablets were buried with her, who knows, but I doubt you'll ever get permission for a dig. That place is sacred to the people. Why did you say it was a bad time to go to the stones now? She hesitated again, unsure whether she could trust me with the answer. There are times during the year when the boundary between this world and the next is thin. Some people can see through it, and some people can cross it. I remembered my eerie experience, impossible to convey into words, of having been transported elsewhere, and my blood ran cold. I see, my friend said, thoughtful, nothing seemed to escape the scrutiny of her gaze. Well, the good news is, you're back, you're one of the lucky ones who get to move freely between. Between what? I couldn't help myself. Life and death, she answered simply. I gulped hard, evaluating the sheer insanity of this conversation and questioning my taking it seriously. I wondered what my parents would say if they knew. Don't be trite, she chastised me, you know what you felt. I sure did. What do you mean, I'm lucky? Generally speaking, people don't return from the dead. But I didn't. I started protesting. You have no way of knowing, right? If you've never been able to visit, or even see pictures of a remote city, how would you recognize it if, by accident, you ended up there? What was it like? Weird, quiet, filled with potent emotions, especially sorrow, lonely, familiar, heavy. Interesting, she commented. The atmosphere of our conversation was so loaded with strangeness that when the server showed up to top up our coffee and ask if we needed anything else, I felt like being woken from a dream. Can we get two apple crumbles, please, my new friend ordered for me, without asking, smiled and thanked the server for the fresh coffee, and then she turned towards me. You must dwell in the here and now, you are alive, eat. I obeyed her without question, washing down the warm cake with a coffee, comforted by their familiar tastes. Have you checked out the event schedule for this evening? She asked, in a tone so normal it made me feel like the entire previous conversation couldn't possibly have taken place. There are a couple of wonderful performers I don't want to miss. Do you sing? She turned towards me, and I remembered the guitar. Ah, uh, no. No, I don't. Tin ear, I'm afraid. That's a pity. Well, we can all still enjoy the music anyway, can't we? When is your performance? I remembered to ask. Oh, I don't play publicly, my dear. I just like to dabble a bit, she smiled. She watched me finish my crumb cake patiently, like a grown-up with a child. You should definitely visit your Fiona if she called out to you. It is rude to ignore the spirits, and besides, it is a privilege to be invited, is it not? It makes life just a bit more interesting than what we're taught to expect. We paid the bill and left, and spent the afternoon browsing through shops and stores, trying on woolen hats and mittens. The music followed us through the streets, everywhere, suffusing the air. We watched a couple of street performances and then, completely drained by the physical and emotional toll of the day, we turned in for the night. I slept and dreamed about the old one, Fiona's teacher and Viking poet, Jerun. She was walking tall among the stones, reading the strange and beautiful carvings on them, in runic script, and they kept revealing themselves from the rough surface as her finger passed over them. Dark clouds covered the horizon, looming heavy over the locks, but they didn't feel ominous, rather emphatic, 
a suitable background for the drama unfolding inside the circle of stones. There was no other sound in my dream, no birds in the sky, no breath of wind, no rustle of leaves, nothing but the steady rhythm of her unrhymed verse recited in sharp-sounding Old Norse language, as angular and stripped of embellishments as the runes themselves. I listened to her poems and watched her ritual walk among the stones, without her noticing, not even sure if those were poems, or prayers, or epitaphs, or what. Hidden lies the one, whom followed, most know that, the greatest deeds, Prude's warrior of battles, in this mound. The skull suddenly turned around, spooked by my watching her. She saw me, rushed towards me, and passed straight through me before she disappeared. In the morning I inquired at the front desk about my new friend, eager to continue our conversation, but the lady behind the counter told me the former had checked out early in the morning and left. I never saw her again.